Time for this week's edition of the Source Weekly Update. Hot off the press and into your ear. Every week, found wherever you get audio. And now, let's check out some of the highlights from Volume 25, Issue 19, dated May 9th. This week's cover story, Alley Cats, Tin Pan Theater and Ben Film Collide, by Jared Razik. The first time I walked into Tin Pan Theater, I knew I wanted to make it my life. I was hosting trivia at Good Life Brewing and was looking for prizes to give away. Tin Pan had been open for two weeks, and after Google Maps incorrectly led me to Gasoline Alley, I found my way to Tin Pan Alley and the Boutique Art House Theater at its center. Walking in the door, I immediately smelled the fresh popcorn and the leather of the antique seats from the Hollywood Theater in Portland. I took in the glass jars of candy filled to the brim with Whoppers and Red Vines, the lush curtains surrounding the movie screen, the multiple taps featuring craft beer, cider, and all kinds of homemade teas and sodas. Owners Micah and Esme Lavoie gave me a fistful of tickets to give away, which I did. When I came back a week later for more prizes, they offered me a job on the spot as a ticket seller and programmer, curator of films. Changes for the theater A while back, the couple moved out of town and left the management of the theater to others. Then, in the most beautiful twist of fate, Ben Film announced on May 3rd that they had purchased the theater. Lavoie explains, Honestly, we were starting to feel so disconnected from the theater, living so far away. We really love being a physical part of our business, and the tin pan needed new local energy. Executive director of Ben Film, Todd Luby, had a similar experience when he walked into Tin Pan for the first time. Luby understands the importance of places like Tin Pan in communities that don't always have access to the same kind of films that L.A., Chicago, and New York have. The only way I can really describe the Tin Pan is that it is a community living room, and that doesn't necessarily do it justice, says Luby. Its genius lies in the fact that it doesn't really allow a totally anonymous experience, but you also don't have to speak to anyone if you don't want to. However, you are at least connected with everyone on that theater. You do see everyone in the theater upon entry, several of whom you may know, while ordering and waiting for your drinks and popcorn. From our news page, smoke is in the air. Bend Prineville Air Quality ranked number 22 for the most polluted cities for short-term particle pollution by Chris Miller. The American Lung Association ranked Bend Prineville this year as number 22 in its People at Risk in 25 U.S. Cities Most Polluted by Short-Term Particle Pollution. According to Laura Gleim, Public Affairs Specialist for the Oregon Department of Environmental Quality's Eastern Region, although the ALA's report mentions Bend, the report only uses data from an air monitor in Prineville. Gleim said because of Prineville's location sitting in a bowl, the city more easily captures and retains wood stove smoke during the winter, naturally leading to worse air quality when people are burning their stoves. Bend and the rest of Deschutes County have more open geography, Gleim said, and don't retain as much smoke in the winter. During wildfire season, however, it can be a different story. If the fires are burning in the Cascades, Bend can have worse air quality than Prineville. And Gleim said, wildfires are by far the biggest source of air pollution in the Bend area. Gleim and the ALA said wildfires have been increasing across the western United States in the last decade and are expected to become even more frequent. According to the ALA, the Bend-Prineville area experienced nearly three times as many unhealthy particle days in 2018 
in comparison to its 2017 report. The ALA said many of the spikes were directly linked to wildfires. And from the outside section, spreading its wings. Take a trip back in time with the Ford Trimotor Airplane by Isaac Beale. Over Mother's Day weekend from May 9th to the 12th, a little piece of history will be flying over the skies of Bend in central Oregon, a Ford Trimotor Airplane. The Trimotor was built back in 1928 as one of the original faces of commercial airlines. It was the first airplane built to hold people and not mail. Dale Anderson, president of Ben's Experimental Aircraft Association, the High Desert Flyers, stated in a release. The original airlines, the first airlines, almost all of them started with this airplane. Many people are aware of what Henry Ford did for the automobile industry, but his work in the 1920s with these planes was another innovative feat. The planes were 50 feet long and 74 feet wide, which prompted people to call them the Tin Goose. Ford only built 199 trimotors in total. Eight of them remain airworthy in 2019. Two fly full-time as tour planes. The model coming to the Bend Municipal Airport is the Trimotor 5ATB, which is serial number eight. Pilot Colin Sousey tells me they call this one Big Ford, since it's bigger than the other Ford model that flies regularly and holds 10 people. The first flight for this particular model was on December 1, 1928. Eventually, it was sold on to the Transcontinental Air Transport in January of 1929, which sparked the initial birth of westbound transcontinental commercial flights from New York to Los Angeles. While it definitely wasn't the flight experience we're accustomed to today, it paved the early airways for what commercial flying could be and just how fast it could be done. A transcontinental trip in the trimotor took 48 hours, a vast improvement in time over other travel in that era, said Anderson. The trip entailed several stops for fuel, and at night, the passengers were transferred to trained sleeper cars. They would reboard the trimotor coach each morning. For more on these stories and more, pick up this week's copy of The Source Weekly for free, or visit bensource.com. And don't forget to sign up for the Cascades Reader, along with a link to this podcast. We'll see you back next week for another edition of The Source Weekly Update. I'm Sam Scholl.